This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I feel like, as a friend, I, I feel like the floor, I know there's a lot of stuff we have to get into, but I feel like, at least to open the show, the floor is yours. Well, Gordon, as, as Julian will tell you, I, it was a tough show to do last night. Coming on right after the sweep, coming on understanding that you had your lineup, your pitching rotation set. Gordon, you had DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett. And they combined for a six-plus ERA against Atlanta. You scored, what, seven runs in three games? That's not going to get it done against Atlanta. And so the conversations we've had over the months, Gordon, especially after the trade, going into the trade deadline and after the trade deadline. And I apologize too quickly. I thought before they should have done more. They didn't do enough hitting-wise. I shared it. I yelled. I screamed. And then after, you know, Vogelbach had a couple of hits. Ruff still hasn't hit. <laughs> he pitches better than he hits, Gordon. And... You know, it, 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 it came down to this. And it's a combination of things. It's not getting enough hitters at the trade deadline. It's not being able to beat last place teams like the Cubs, like the Nationals, like the Pirates. And the most hurtful thing is to, while you respect your opponent, Gordon, is to realize that they're better than you. And over these past two series, after the Mets laughed their way, taking four or five, Atlanta put their head down and they just outplayed the Mets. And the funny thing is, it sounds like I'm saying that they're not going to make the postseason. It was a lost year and everything is, they're done and they're going home. And that's not the case. They are going to the postseason. But Gordon, it's an empty feeling. It's a disappointing feeling. It's, it's you had this in your hands. All you had to do was win one game. And here's what makes it even more frustrating, Gordon. And I agree with Don 2,000% when he said this afternoon, if you're Atlanta, just win it. Get it over with. Don't, don't toy with my emotions any further, Gordon. Don't go out there like they did tonight and lose to the Marlins. <laughs> don't go out there and just tease me to say, oh, you know, maybe we'll let you – Pitch DeGrom on Wednesday. Pitch him on Wednesday. Maybe, maybe. Nah, you know, you know, the banana in the tailpipe that Bart Scott always talks about. So it, it's, oh, it was a rough weekend, Gordon. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, it does feel like uh, Met fans in general are, are going through it today. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that you mentioned about the trade deadline and about the, you know, the, the performance here when we had the, the easiest stretch of the season, the, 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 the war easiest uh, opponents for this long stretch outside of that one Dodger series and this Brave series. And they're trying to figure out all the different reasons why this took place, but it really comes down to even with all those things being what they are, you had to win one game in Atlanta and you could not get the – I mean, it's almost impossible to believe that you would not be able to win one game with that pitching matchup and your pitchers lined up. And it's not just that you're now not going to likely almost certainly win the division, even though the Braves did lose tonight. Uh, it's that – you know, you look to this rotation 
and your big three to be what guides you through the postseason. And if the Braves are able to do this to you in three games in a row, I don't know. How can you have much confidence that those guys are going to be able to shut down whatever opponent when you just needed one win and you couldn't even get that? And I think the one that really hurts the most, Gordon, I think, honestly, is DeGrom. Yeah, the first one, sure. The first one, because now you go back, and Gordon, you start to wonder, is he is he injured? Is is something going you know what I mean? Is something yeah, going sure. on with him? He's he's he has it the and this wasn't just this start. I mean, it's it's been the past couple of starts where he's struggled. And so you begin to look now and you begin to wonder, is it has he hit up does he have an arm situation? Is it shoulder? What is it? or or Gordon, is it simply Atlanta's better, and you take your cap off to them and you say, you know what, offensively, they just beat us. They beat the Mets from pillar to post. They beat, The Mets had leads, didn't last, didn't matter, didn't matter. They would come back, Gordon, in the same inning. And so, I, you know, I feel now that, you know how I feel, Gordon? I feel like you feel with Cole. <laughs> That's how him. I feel. I can't yeah. trust them now. I can't trust them. I can't. And that's a bad feeling. That's my ace. That's my yeah. ace, Gordon. That he's supposed to be the best. I mean, even though Scherzer's great and he's an ace and all these type of things, he's supposed to be, when right, when healthy, he's supposed to be the best pitcher on the planet. And the last few times out, he has not looked like the best. And, and, and look, we can talk about how much more difficult it is for the Mets to uh, accomplish their goal of winning a World Series as the wild card as opposed to the division winner. If Jacob deGrom is not going to be Jacob deGrom, well, then that road is it's, it's impossible to, to pass, right? There is no road. <laughs> the road is no. gone at that point. So, uh, yeah, they got, a lot of, well, they got a lot to figure out and a short time to figure it out, assuming the Braves either win one game or the Mets lose a game here at some point. Yeah, and the Mets have a doubleheader tomorrow, so they got time to eliminate themselves early. <laughs> and another bad part of not getting that first-round bye and not winning the division is that the, the news with Starling Marte yeah. – is is not great. I uh, oh. tried to do some stuff today and apparently didn't go all that well. So, you know, now you're you're going to be you're not going to have that extra rest to get him healthy. And it's pretty clear that you need him. You know, you need your offense. And you know, we go through it a lot of times. People call us up and they say, you know, the Yankees are just too home run dependent. Larry, they 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 rely too much on the home run. If you didn't see this weekend the power of the home run and how you have to hit home runs against good pitching to win, I don't know what to tell you because that's exactly the reason why the, what the, different, the biggest difference between the Braves and the Mets in this series is the Braves hit home runs and the Mets didn't. That's right. And while we're trying to string along six hits. <laughs> right, exactly. To get a couple of runs. Right, it's hard. They're, they're blasting a couple of home runs and they get three runs, boom, right then. And, it, and Gordon, it changes the game. It changes your feeling. And, you, I mean, I, you sat there, you're just like, I don't think we can win these games. You, you, you had that feeling because they're, you know this like? It's like in the NBA, you're shooting, you're great at twos, but you're playing the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And they just come down and hit three after three after three after three. And before you know it, it's like, they're up 30. <laughs> what are we going to do? It's over. And that's the way it was this weekend. It does. It did feel that way. And it just felt, you know, it was a much of a, a microcosm of the season where you'd get a little bit of a lead and they'd come right back the next inning. Like mm -hmm. it, you could never make it stand up. And it's crazy to think that in a year, 
where it, you know, if the Mets win two or three, they'll win a hundred games mm-hmm. that you could, could be going into the postseason uh, and and feeling negatively about your team, but. I don't see how there's any other way because this was the year it was supposed to be different, and I get that it's different because it's not like you collapsed, the Braves come and got you, but at the end of the day, the result's the same, so how am I supposed to feel like it's any different? Yeah. In the end, you had a chance to control your own destiny, Gordon, and and that's all you ask for. When you get to the postseason and in the postseason, you want the opportunity to control your own destiny. In the regular season, you don't want any help. If I'm going to make the playoffs, I'm going to make them. So, once again, they're going to the postseason. They're likely to play the Padres, although we'll see what the Phillies do. They're likely to play San Diego. And you know what? (laughs) With my luck, all the guys who've been struggling, Gordon, they're just going to have a ball out there in San Diego against my pitching. Well, we'll see. I mean, look, you know, we brought this up before uh, when it came to whoever was going to be the wild card that maybe, you know, not having that extra time off might actually be a good thing because you stay in your rhythm and and all those type of things. It doesn't really feel like the Mets are in a rhythm right now. So maybe that's maybe I'm uh, uh, I'm stretching a little bit there, but. Um, maybe this is the road you got to take. It's a far more difficult road because mm-hmm. now you're most likely going to have to face the Dodgers and the Braves and another playoff series, which when you get into the short sample size, you never know how these things are going to break. So, yeah, I mean, devastating weekend for a Mets season that looked like this had a year and it was lined up perfectly, right? The two big guys atop the rotation. Oh. Bassett's been good. You got Diaz. It just felt like a different year with Buck and with the owner and all these type of things. And uh, it turns out, at least for now, the same result. Yeah. Well, it, it it's still different in the sense that, you know, it this couldn't there's still a good team. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's it's like, like I said earlier, it's like we're talking about them like they're not going to make the postseason. Like they no. are going to make the postseason. Yep. It's just, it's, it's, here's the thing. It's not that they lost, it's how they lost. It's yeah. lose, it's you lose, it's them, it's Atlanta beating your three best guys. That you went in and your best guys couldn't find a way to give you one win. And Bassett didn't make it out of the third inning. Yeah, he looked. He I did mean, not look. He was oh, he oh. was he was all out of sorts last night. You could tell that. I, I always felt. I know you want to get more length out of your starter. You don't want to go to your. It was clear that he was not going to figure that out. And no. I felt like Buck was a little late on the switch there, uh, going to the bullpen. And I get it. You don't want to go to your bullpen that early. Bass has been good, um, but it was clear that he was not going to figure it out. And uh, I mean, outside, I, I think the first two games the Mets had leads in those games. Yeah. And to not be able to hold those leads, and then last night you get the lead, 3-1. It's not even just a run. You get 3-1, and then to not even be gone before the end of the bottom of the inning. Gone. Gone. Just like I said, the same thing that I've criticized Garrett Cole over, not just giving giving up crooked numbers after your team gets a lead. Okay, giving up crooked numbers is not what you want to do, and that's what the Mets did. Over and and that was the thing about Degrom that was so scary, Gordon. It was the home run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't give up home runs like that. I mean, concept, like more than one home run. It's, it was just it was it was it was nightmarish. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a nightmare this weekend. 
we'll hear from Buck Showalter when we return. Maybe he's got some answers in the postmortem. And then we'll turn our attention, Gordon, to some football. Nice weekend for both local football teams. So we have a lot to do. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Well, sure, we're human beings. We're human beings, but, you know, it's not like they're not going to get a chance. They've earned something regardless. They've earned something. And uh, just real proud. I'm proud of everything they've done, including, you know, this is not conditional. It's unconditional, the support. And if I know these guys, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll rebound and look to make somebody feel their pain. Well, Gordon, listen, uh, that's what I'd expect the manager to say. Uh, but, you know, you at, don't least he admitted, <laughs> at least he admitted he's disappointed too. But, I mean, I know what he's going to say. That You know, that's what he had to say. He, he, his job is to try to move them on from this series as quickly as possible because they have to, you know, Gordon, they got to get ready for the postseason like now. Yeah, well, it's right around the corner, it right? Is. Because unless something shocking happens and they win the division, it's it's right around the corner. So they're going to have to put this in the rear view and not let it linger and and move on to the Padres or whoever it is they're going to face in the in the opening round. So, what do you think Buck Showalter expects with the Atlanta's next series? Buck, in the event that the Braves win one of these last three games and you guys take the wild card, would you consider this regular season a success? Ask me after that happens or doesn't happen. We're hoping they lose three and we win three. I ain't giving in. Mm-mm. Never know. Got a lot of confidence in Don Mattingly. On his way out? I don't. <laughs> I saw how he managed I saw how he yeah. managed in New York. Uh, yeah, the Mets series, yeah. <laughs> Well, look, I guess he has to say that. And stranger things have happened. Um, Yes. It would, uh, I mean, maybe not much more crazy than that, but uh, crazy things have happened before. So uh, we shall see. There's no point on him, you know, saying it's going to happen before it happens. So even if it's only a couple of days, he gets to pretend that it's not the, what reality is not the case. Mm -hmm. It ain't over till it's over. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's just it's about over. over. Yeah. It's over, Gordon. <laughs> Gordon, it's over. Uh, here's Buck Show, Walter, on the state of the Mets. Someone says, are they pressing? Yeah, of course they're pressing. You know, yeah, they're, it's, a, it's a tough ride. It's a tough plane ride. You know, I know how much they care. I know how much the fans care. You know, you, you hate to disappoint people. It hurts. You know, you want everything to go well. You want people to be comfortable. And I'm very proud of what uh, they've accomplished so far. But it's reality. But it's had a lot of opportunities that we have taken advantage of. And uh, there'll be another one this season. And uh, they're going to, you know, everybody will, will seek their level. And they'll get what, uh, unfortunately, the game's not always fair. You know, what kind of the cards you know when you decide to do this as a player and as a, you know, you're, on the, you're in that arena and you're out there for whatever, ridicule or whatever they want to call it. You know, it is. You put yourself out there every day. You know, it's like a... I've told them before, I'd hate to go through life not having that those challenges and having opportunities to kind of separate yourself. But they should, uh, you know, you just can't allow people to take you somewhere you don't want to go. You control it. You try to stay positive. And that, that Gordon, is probably, if, if I'm a Met player right now, that's got to be the toughest thing that you hear because, you know, you're trying to win, you're out there, and you just, Gordon, you can't believe what's going on. You can't believe that you have played well. Not great, but played well. And Atlanta has come by and just just erased the lead and has come back and you fought them off and you fought them off and now they wait till the end of the season to not beat you once, not twice, but three times, tie you, give up, take a one-game, now two-game lead. 
Yeah, and they and they've been the team that's been there all season. They're the team that was there last year and did it to you. And it seems like they're the team that always wins the division anyway, right? So it's not yeah. like some team that just kind of had a hot season. You know, if this were the Marlins that did it or the Phillies that did it, maybe it wouldn't be so aggravating. But the fact that it's always the Braves, it's always mm-hmm. the Braves, always and they the were Braves. there all year, even you know, ten and a half from that point on. It felt like oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Mets are going to win this division, right? Well. Mm-hmm. That not the case because the Braves just got hot, stayed hot, and chased you down, chased yeah. you down in the in the home stretch. And Gordon, see you. You see why I try to be the level-headed fan. You have to be, and it, I get it. Still, and it still drives you nuts. You know, it's, it's not. It's got to drive you nuts. It's like okay, this is how I prepared myself. Up, you can't go away. It's Atlanta. You know how Atlanta is. You know, you say that, you say that, and then you just like it. Just it just it just slaps you right in the face. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, I mean, this is this is. I mean, in some ways, this has to be the most frustrating. Like, look, it's still open there for you, right? Like, you still yeah. have a path, so it's mm-hmm. not as bad as last year when you collapsed. But if, in some ways, if you go into the postseason and lose either, you know, to to the Padres or the Dodgers, or you lose somewhere along the way, you're gonna think that it's a blown opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. like if you if we had only won the division, if we could have just won one game in Atlanta and we went in and had the break and got Marte back and everybody felt good because there's no way you can go into the postseason and when the you know, the rubber hits the road and there's a really tough moment and you're trailing I mean, there's gotta be a little it's gotta ding your confidence a little bit. Has to. Has to. And and like DeGrom and Scherzer too. Yeah, like how, you know, like how do they? You know, I mean, they sure. I'm, I'm sure they can't wait to get back on the mound because that's, how, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to get right back out there, but you know, these games are going to haunt them. It's going to haunt them, especially if the if the Mets have, you know, unfortunately, go out in the first round. It would be tough. Now they've had a, they've had a really nice season. Some guys have had some really nice individual seasons, but Gordon, this it's not totally about individual seasons. It's about winning. It's about going to the postseason. That's what this owner put this team together, spent the money to try to do. And, you know, one of the things is we've spoken about that all that 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 trading deadline, they needed one other hitter and they just couldn't get him. And they came back to haunt him. They just did. Yeah. And I mean, think about all the things that had to go right. You know, you get off to this amazing start and you, you're leading the division by as much as you are and DeGrom's not there and you're waiting for DeGrom to get back. And it takes as long as it does for him to get back and then you get him back and he, he it's not just that he's back physically, but he's back to where he was and, and all these things that have gone right. Even when the Braves are playing well and catching up and all these different things and to think that you had all these things go right and still – didn't win the division. Uh, it's got to. It's got to drive you mad. It does. It does. And Gordon, I'm done talking about it. When uh-huh. we return, <laughs> I feel like you're the Yankees doing. <laughs> <laughs> when we return, we'll turn our attention to the Jets and Giants. Gordon, I thought Zach Wilson had a very impressive drive that gave that should give Jet fans some hope. We'll talk about that and hear from him next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 
Zach Wilson, who authored two very nice drives in the fourth quarter, Gordon. The Jets don't do it easy, do they? <laughs> no, they do not. But look, that's an exciting win. I, I'm, I'm guessing there were nobody. I, I don't know. I didn't hear all the shows today. Obviously, you can't be everywhere at once. But I'm assuming no one was still making the point that they should have stuck with Joe Flacco for another week. <laughs> I don't think so. Is that safe to say? <laughs> it's safe to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that was. I think that's probably the right move. Well, look, it was a very uneven performance, right? I mean, the first three quarters – Left you a little bit to be desired, but that fourth quarter, 10 of 12, 128 yards, a touchdown pass, leading them back, that might be kind of what you will get from Zach Wilson this year, right? Like maybe it's going to be a little uneven, but when it's good, it's really good. And maybe yesterday was the, the most evidence that you've gotten so far that maybe this kid can be special. I think the, the, the part that kind of impressed me Gordon and look the, first of all they got off to a lead which was a surprise because mm-hmm. <laughs> because you gave the stat last week what 22 seconds 22 before? seconds uh, until this game they had led for 22 seconds in three games you know so the fact that they had a lead was amazing uh but then once again and this is and, and Salah talked about it on the case show today Gordon you, you, you know the, and it's the thing that really hits that really bothers me if I were a Jet fan, I'd be furious. It's veterans making these mistakes. It's Carl Lawson hitting the quarterback late. Okay, it's, it's C.J. Mosley hitting hitting yep. the receiver late. It's veterans. If it was kids, okay, you know, come on, you know better. You got to get up. But it's veterans. That's the frustrating thing about this. Um, and Zach Wilson do you know he threw a couple of picks, and the defense once again get big plays that have, have killed this team. But they, but they got some turnovers yesterday, so that was a positive for them. And once again, Gordon, it's about the fourth quarter, and it's about him. The other positive thing, I think, with Zach Wilson was he spread the ball around, Gordon. He had seven different receivers, caught passes. So that was nice, and they stuck with the run game a little longer than they did. Absolutely. Had to do that. Uh, it did bear fruit. I mean, it was, it was a close play there at the goal line on that touchdown, but he did break the plane when you watched it. The, you know, the first replay you saw, you thought, yeah, there's a good chance that he broke the plane there, and he did. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think what you're seeing is that Zach Wilson is coming back to a team that he doesn't have to do it by himself. The receivers are good. Um, the running game, there's two talented running backs there. The offensive line is, is, is shaky because of all the injuries and we'll have to see how things shake out there, but the defense made some plays. So it was kind of, you know, it wasn't just the Zach Wilson show and it doesn't have to be just the Zach Wilson Mm -hmm. show, but that fourth quarter, to see what you saw out of the quarterback uh, has to make Jet fans feel a whole lot better. Rex Ryan was on DPH on Rothenberg this morning. Rex, what would you think of Zach Wilson? It was it was great. I mean, considering this guy hadn't played forever, it's been like 10 months since he's really played, and this is what we got. That's why when they took him, I said he was the, the best prospect at the position since Namath, the most talented guy. And, and we saw it a little bit. Now, look, it it's, wasn't perfect, but considering this guy hadn't played forever and he was able to go out there and, and, uh, and get a win and, and lead his team to that fourth quarter comeback, man, this is huge. Gordon, I think Jet fans, first of all, Jet fans need to see this. And I think Wilson needed to see this, right? Absolutely, sure. To, to build his confidence and to watch him uh, play with his new toys, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. To have Garrett Wilson over mm-hmm. there. I mean, Corey Davis actually showed up, Gordon. Yep, Corey <laughs> Davis might have been his, his his favorite target. I mean, he had a great game, held on to the ball, didn't have any 
Any uh, big miscues like uh, we've seen at other times? Uh, Elijah Moore was a little bit more involved. Garrett Wilson was involved. So, yeah, I mean, the tight end was involved, wasn't uh, constantly, uh, you know, fumbling the ball and, and dropping passes. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some weapons on this team to score some points. Uh, I'm not re- – you know, it's, it's amazing now in this day and age that we live in that it's like a guy has a good performance and, like, now we're making it like, okay, now we know, right? Now he has this ability – Let's see. I mean, there's probably going to be a little up and down this year. I don't mm-hmm. think the Jets are a great team by any stretch of the imagination. They're more talented than they've been in a while. But remember when the, the schedule came out and everybody's, oh, how are they going to be able to win these games? The first four games against the AFC North. I know it's simplistic to say there is such a big difference between two and two and one and three. Oh, it is. One and three is like, oh boy, here we go again. Two and two, you feel like you get that win yesterday. You feel like the season's begun. Your quarterback's back. You can actually see some reasons to be excited. So, uh, yeah, big win, big big fourth quarter for Zach Wilson. So, you know, something for Jet fans to to feel good about. Uh, We'll hear from Robert Sattler in a second talking about his offensive line with uh, Vera Tucker and Dwayne Brown. Is he going to be back? But Gordon... I mean, I, I can't. Un- they've lost everybody on the offensive line. Every game they lose a guy or two. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it looks like the kid Mitchell was not as bad as it was first feared. He's going to miss. It looks like some time, but uh, hopefully he's be able to get back here before too long. Well, look. I mean, the 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 offensive line was. Oh, it, it, I mean, it was. It, it wasn't like it was set in stone and like where did these injuries come from, right? It was. Mm-hmm. It was Mackay Becton who. Uh, you know, how could anybody really be counting on him? I know he was a high draft pick, but at this stage of his career, how could anybody really be counting on him? It was Dwayne Brown who you signed at the last minute because you had some holes. Uh, George Fant has had a lot of, you know, not big injuries, but dinged up injuries here and there. He's, he's older. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've, they've had a lot of injuries and they're going to have to kind of overcome that. But um, they, they got to find a way, right? They got to find a way. And, and look, being able to move Vera Tucker over to tackle – and, and getting him to play as well as he did yesterday, that's, that's the kind of stuff you got to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it worked. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come. And, and the Jets season is not going to be one that is going to be over before Halloween like it's been the last five, ten years. Because now with the Mariners, you know, I was figuring it out. With the Mariners making the playoffs, I think the Jets now have the second longest sports drought in North American sports. Mm. Uh, playoff drought in, in North American sports. Wow. I think it's only the Sacramento Kings that have had a longer playoff drought, mm, mm, mm. which is worse because it's the NBA and, you know, that's the league where everybody, everybody makes goes. the playoffs, right? <laughs> everybody goes. Every, I mean, everybody goes in the NBA. Hey, Gordon, even the Knicks went. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't stay long, but they did go. Well, at least they went. At least <laughs> they did they go. Went. Yep. You need that. All right, let's hear from Robert Sala. First, let's hear from Robert Sala about uh, Vera Tucker, who was fabulous in playing all the tackle positions. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to put the best five on the football field, whoever that might be, however we have to do it. I thought AVT was fantastic. It is not easy to, to move positions along the offensive line, but I, I think he did a great job showing his versatility and, and his mindset. I, I think um, he did a really good job in the run game, thought he did a really good job in the pass game, didn't give up much with regards to production on their end, but really pleased with the way he played. All right, so now, Robert Sala, what's the deal with Dwayne Brown? You kind of need him. Is he coming back? 
And then as far as um, Dwayne's concerned, we'll, we'll see where he's at. We've got about 48 hours to see where he's at, uh, whether, whether or not we want to start his clock, you know, you can, you can get a guy practicing and you've got your 21 days after that. So uh, we'll see where he's at, just having conversations with him again. He's been working his tail off to get, to get himself ready to play. And uh, so hopefully we get the opportunity to get him out into the practice field so he can test it and see where he's at. But uh, again, a, a lot of stuff will be determined over the next 48 hours. And this is 37-year-old Dwayne Brown Gordon, who you know was trying was what, on the couch chilling. Yeah, <laughs> when he got the phone call. Sure. And, and so the scary thing is, even if he gets back, Gordon, he could not wishing anything. No, of course not. Because it's a football. You know, you, you, it's not regular exercise. You got to be in football shape. It's a little different. You got to be hit. Got to get used to getting hit. Yeah, uh, it, look, I mean, it, it, that that was not plan A. Um, no. <laughs> so, you know, the, you hope that he gets back because right now you just need bodies. Yeah. You need some guys to be, you know, like the idea is, hey, we draft a bunch of guys and we, we bring all these guys together on the offensive line and then it's going to take them a little while to gel because they got to know each other, tendencies and all this type of stuff in the playbook. The Jets can't even get to that gelling stage. They, they, no. It's like they have to do the introduction stage. They barely get past the introduction stage with all these guys along the offensive line. It's true. It really is. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls next. Niners off the pick six of MacBew Stafford now lead 24-9 with 627 left to go in the game. We'll talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, and as uh, I can't remember who it was that pointed it out on Twitter. Um, I'll have to go and check, but he now has more touchdown receptions than Kenny Galladay. <laughs> he was targeted just as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Poor Kenny Galladay. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Spikes and St. Pete, what's up, Spike? Leave us off tonight. I wasn't going to call, but I didn't tell Gordon this. I saw four things today. I'll throw a match in if I don't get a laugh or, or I don't get arrested. So uh, yesterday, uh, Gordon, I brought up to Larry, as good as the fourth quarter was, the Jets are the worst team in the NFL in the third quarter. I think 30, what did I tell you, 36 to 3. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, they got got to make some adjustments. Then I see Ben Simmons hit the court tonight, and he was out as long as Rex Ryan said uh, Wilson was out. That's, that's going to be a circus. And the... Uh, Yankee rotation seems, uh, boy, Severino looked throw coming out of that game. <laughs> that, I don't know if you guys saw that. but Yeah, uh, with boom. a no-hitter going, yeah, no he, less. Yeah, well, it was a smart thing to do. So a rotation set with Cortez, him, and Cole, and maybe Herman. And the last thing, a- Antonio Brown hit the pool today, and that made the rounds. What is wrong with some of these people? I'll talk to you later in the week. All right, Spike. Thanks for checking in. <laughs> Antonio Brown's always in the news, Gordon. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, with him, I, I, I hesitate to say too much because I don't know how much he's in control of what's going on in his life. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And it's, it's concerning. It is, absolutely. Far, you know, far more uh, for all the amount of coverage we got for Tua and everything else. You know, Antonio Brown pops up and everybody's like, oh, that crazy Antonio Brown. Look what he's up to now, this guy. So, but 
yeah, I mean, Severino, I thought he looked great tonight, and I don't know if you've seen the highlight yet, but Giancarlo Stanton, oh, Larry, no. hit a home run. It just went over my house about two oh minutes ago. Oh, my God. That's the, you know, like you have an image of like a home run landing in the stands and like it's coming down. And yeah, you know, it's, it's falling, but, you know, it's not – that one looked like it was still going up. I mean, I that, was, that was a steamer. If you didn't have a glove, don't go anywhere near that ball because no. that was a rocket. Even with the glove. <laughs> Even with the glove, right? It might be a little. It might have a hole in it because <laughs> it Oof, was rolling. That was that was humming. Yeah, you felt good seeing that, didn't you, Gordon? Well, look, as much as you'd like for Judge, I just want Judge to hit sixty-two so we just can stop talking about it and everybody can yeah. stop focusing on it. But to see yeah. Severino pitch the way he did tonight and see um, finally get Giancarlo Stanton going again. Mm-hmm. That's that's big, you know. That's obviously big. They need to, you know, like we were talking about the Mets and Degrom. You know, that's a guy that you, you're relying on. Yankees are relying on Giancarlo Stanton to hit a bunch of home runs in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt about that. Chris is in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, good evening. Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, we got you, Chris. What's going on? Oh, not too much. It's uh, Jets and Dolphins week, uh, so uh, I, I needed to ask you um, some questions. Um, I'm, the availability of um, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, uh, number one. Um, the effect on the coverage is that you can play on the back end. If, uh, and I know you haven't had Byron Jones for a minute. Um, but the effect on the, co- the coverage is that you play in the back end. And the effect on the amount and the types of pressure uh, that you'll be bringing uh, on Sunday or that you have been bringing. Yeah, and, and I do understand that the pressure that you've been bringing in the last three weeks may be different because you're playing, uh, you're playing the Jets and you're going against a younger quarterback as opposed to uh, Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. Um, but do you uh, – and, and you're, you know, you're a Dolphins fan, so uh, if you could educate me on whether you think you'll be seeing more zone, softer zones, and uh, different types of – Blitz packages that uh, that than you usually play, Gordon, Larry. I would not think that. You, and now I haven't seen anything yet to say for sure, yeah. but I would be very surprised if Xavier Howard is playing this week. Uh, I know yeah, I, I saw some some tweets from people who covered the team and that he was not out there uh, during the media session of practice. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't play this week, but, you know, when you see him with the wrap on his leg and how he has played overall, uh, I would think that, um, oh, look, maybe he'll tough it out. Uh, I think he's he's probably listed as questionable for the week, but I would be a little surprised if you see him this week. And and um, and uh, Byron Jones, uh, they asked McDaniel about it. He said that he's eligible to come, he's eligible to come off the, the, the pup list, but uh, he didn't say that he was coming off the pup list, so... I don't know if you're going to see him either. That's a groin injury, correct, for uh, Xavier Howard? Uh, Yes, it was a groin injury for him, yep. So, I mean, I I guess you know it's the – I mean, and again, the Dolphins play a lot of man. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, they put those corners on the island and and they go after you. And then, yeah, um, I'm going to pray for A.B. That's all I'm going to say, man. I'm I'm really going to pray for for this dude because some of the things that I see this – human being posting and then he's posting other you know former teammates wives and but that's all the time i'm going to give him (laughs) jesus um but good luck if if i don't happen to speak to you before uh good luck on sunday um larry 
Mm-hmm. How's Ben? Uh, how's how's Ben Simmons' jump shot looking, baby? Uh, well, I, he was three for six, I think. So it's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Chris. It's about the same. <laughs> but Gordon, I, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this, so I'm happy to talk to you. What, what's your takeaway from this tour situation, where the NFLPA is has fired this uh, this this the it, doctor, quote yeah. unquote? Yeah, I mean, look, um, I know everybody has convinced themselves that he suffered that first concussion and uh, you, you can't convince them any like and there's no evidence that he suffered a concussion there like like you, you would have to say if this is a cover up it's a cover up that involved the independent neurologist that visited him it would involve Tua it would involve the doc the dolphins team doctors it would involve the dolphins organization and i guess in some ways it would involve the nfl as well Mm-hmm. So everybody, isn't it just possible? I know it, it, it seems very scary, with the, especially the visual of him going down the way he did. Yeah. But isn't it just possible that he suffered a concussion? And it was one concussion, not two concussions. And it was a concussion that he suffered on that Thursday night game that he got slammed, his head got slammed into artificial turf, which I'm sure yeah. is probably like concrete. It is. And, that's and that, it is. that's the reason why this all came about. It's just amazing to me that all these people are like, well, he obviously had... I did not hear anybody saying before that game, there's no way Tua should be playing in this game. He just suffered a concussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear a single person saying that. And it feels like... And I, you're right, you know, the NFLPA fired that doctor. Um, they didn't fi- They never say that he was misdiagnosed. They never right. said they have ev- any evidence that he was misdiagnosed. Uh, so, you know, with the NFL, a lot of times their reaction is not to what actually happened. It's to what the outcry is. Right. And with that, that Tua thing, the outcry was, was loud and it was all one way. And with, especially with head injuries, the NFL does not like to have anything be focused on that part of it. So the fact that he's already been ruled out for this week's game, Smart. I guess, kind of, I, I guess um, nobody else has been ruled out for the following game after a concussion this year, but if that's what they feel like they need to do, it, look to me, it's in the it should be in the hands of the doctors. If the doctors mm-hmm. feel that he needs more time to recover from that, I just think that it's only going to be a matter of time, probably before you're dealing. You know, whenever he comes back, he is not a guy who is physically built for the rigors of the NFL. Even in his short time, in his three years in the NFL, in his time in college, he was a guy that was. And, and this is not any slight to him. I wouldn't be able to do it. Most of us wouldn't be able to, to put up with that, uh, that, that type of abuse. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is much more about what this is about. This story is about the fact that he is just, you know, even though he has the talent to play in the league, I don't think that he's physically built to be able to t- handle that kind of, that kind of um, punishment. Uh, f- yeah, that punishment, right? For no other <laughs> better word, punishment. Uh, yeah, that physical. Man. Treatment, uh, when you see the way he was just thrown around, and yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence. You look at you know some of these quarterbacks. You look at Josh Allen. You look at um, Lamar Jackson. You, you, I mean, they're all big guys, strapping guys. They're not they're not small guys like him. He he's much more like a, a like a if any, his, if Tua's career is going to mirror anybody, it's going to be like a Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees was not somebody who got hit that often. And Tua yeah. is, is basically somebody you you have to make sure that you are never allow him to get hit because this is the type of stuff that happens. You can't take it. 
You can't take no. This. I mean, and it's not a slight to him. I'm not trying no. to say, oh, he's not tough enough. No, he he's he's got the. I mean, his toughness in terms of his physical attitude is great, mm-hmm. and maybe that that was what got him into trouble by trying to get back out on the field before he was ready to be back on the field. I don't know. Only he would know that. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that. Uh, his 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 mental attitude towards toughness is one thing. His actual ability to withstand the punishment of the game is something else. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully, when he gets back, he'll be okay. And yeah, uh, I mean, I just, field, it, it does but... definitely feel like for the Dolphins, the season ended when he went down. Yeah, because uh, you know, even when he does get back, he's a guy. It's a shame, but it's just I don't see how you're going to be able to prevent him from getting hit. Mm-hmm. And you know, well, what happens if he suffers another concussion? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's going to be a tough situation. There's no doubt about it. Well, Gordon, guess what? Giants won again yesterday. Yeah, they did. And they did it with uh, with <laughs> with with no quarterback for a minute. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it felt like the Bears were playing without one too. Well, you know what? That Bear, I, Gordon, I don't know what to say about this Bears offense. I oh mean, I, I don't know whether it's it's. <sighs> I mean, they're not giving Justin Fields any help at all. None. 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 They do, they do nothing. I mean, you talk about trying to come up with a scheme and, and put a plan in place and surround somebody. All the things that you're supposed to do when you draft a franchise quarterback, it feels mm-hmm. like the Bears have done just the opposite. Yeah. Yep. You're right. You are absolutely right. That's what it feels like. And they have, because they have. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it feels that way. Because <laughs> that's what, exactly what they've done. Is exactly what they've done, and they are just—they—they they are just. I don't—I don't know how they—I don't know—I don't know what that kid's going to do. I really don't know what that kid's going to do. Yeah, by the—I mean, even if they were to start today, it's going to take them a long time to put what's necessary in place. Yep. And it just feels like by the time that happens. Whoever that coaching staff will be, will be moving on to the next guy. And the amount of, I mean, the amount of hits that kid took. Whew. Oh man! And, and just think if he suppose he couldn't run. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, you know, some plays it was like, did they have a play that they were calling there? No, they didn't. It's because it just, didn't. yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem like they have much of a game plan at all in their passing. And I'll be honest, I can I, I can understand why they're a little cautious about him throwing the ball because he's not – I mean, even when he had guys wide open, he was not very accurate. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of seem like a mess there. And, and their defense, the Bears' defense, the Giants were running a lot of the same things over and over again. Yeah, it was bad. And, 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 and credit to the Giants, they kept running them because they kept working. Yeah, why would you but, stop? But that was a game yesterday. Even though the Giants like dominated that game, it didn't really seem like it on the scoreboard. And if that had been last year, the Giants would have found a way to lose that game. No question about it. 